You're listening to Two Girls, One Crossword. Oh, I think I have my morning voice still. I always wanted to have a raspy voice. Um, yeah. Did you know that they put Lauren McCall through voice classes so that she would have like a deeper, raspier voice? I don't know who that is. <laughs> who is it? Lauren McCall was married to Humphrey Bogart. Okay. You know, like the most beautiful love romance story in Hollywood history. Really? More beautiful than The Notebook? Yeah, because it was real. <laughs> oh, Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams dated for real. Yeah, but now that you're not. So how about that? Anyway. anyway. Um, yeah, I've always thought I could pick up smoking or something just to get that raspy voice. But it's not yeah. worth it. <laughs> you should definitely give it a try. Um, I hate cigarettes, but I love what it's doing to my voice. <laughs> Shall we start? Yes. So... We're here today. We are. We both have brought our topics from we this have. week. And don't look down at my lap. Don't look down at my lap. For some reason, we're keeping them secret from each other, which I don't fully know why. But I'm thinking we're going to see how it works. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. see. Well, we're, I was worried that we might have the same topic, but I highly doubt it now. I would be amazed if we had the same topic. Although, have... it's possible it may happen in the future. Yeah. In which case, you'll just get a full episode of one topic, of us shouting facts back and forth to each other that we already know. Which is basically what this... Well, no, yeah. you, you, you're not going to know my fact. You're not going to know my fact. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. you don't have to be mean about it. Anyway, <laughs> welcome in, guys. It is the day, today's the day, episode one. First episode. Yeah. So should we talk about some things we liked and didn't like in the crossword this week? We should. This, we should do our crossword check-in, as I as I thought about it this morning. That's. I want to call it hits and shits. That's better. Well, okay. I mean, we can do both, right? <laughs> Let's do our check-in. Uh, according to my calculation. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Um, okay. I will say something I didn't like. We're going to start with didn't likes? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because we want to end on a high note. Yes. So, was this yesterday? Yes. It was yesterday. In yeah. the New York Times. What was his name? I should have came more prepared. You should have came more prepared. Um, well, this guy. Oh, it was Jules Markle. Right, right, right. Or something. I yes, yes. His name was Jules. Jules Markey. Sorry. Markey. Um, he had a clue that was love handles. Yeah. And then the answer was four letters. And I was like, oh, it has to be hips. Right. And someone else was like, no, it, they knew it ended with a B. And it was flab. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Yeah. And I just wanted to be like, so I looked this guy up. And I was just like, I try not to judge people. You know, don't judge a book by its cover. But, like, how can you not? It was just so very clearly written by a white an old white guy like there's something so troubling about seeing things in crosswords to further um you know this kind of image culture (laughs) like body dysmorphia body dysmorphia exactly um especially considering at least half of the solvership of the new york times crossword are women and like women in general have to have curvier bodies because their bodies are like made to like bear children. Yeah. And so instead of, you know, looking at a woman's body in reverence, you know It's like, oh, your love handles, that's just flab. He could have used so many other clues for yeah. flab. He could have done anything else. Um anyways. Alas, so we're starting off low. Thanks a lot, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> but um shall we get high? Let's go a little higher. So let's get high. Okay, anyway. Um, you want to go? You I have go. a couple. Okay, so one of my favorite clues from the past, I would say it, it came out on the 20th. It was a Christopher Adams crossword. Um, and if you don't do Christopher Adams crosswords, you should definitely check him out. Um, he's like a 
independent crossword yeah, and he's creator. A, I think he's involved in the queer crossword community, if you all are familiar with that. Um, anyway, so in his crossword that he released on the 20th, so Monday, um, he had a clue 70 down, which was his and blank words on a matching tile set. Mm-hmm. And, and the answer was four letters. The so. answer was... The answer was three, oh, three letters, letters right. but we didn't know that necessarily. We kind of just read the clue out loud at the lunch table, and everyone was like, his and hers, his and hers, so they could, like, obviously. But it was only three letters, so it was his and his. And yeah. so it was just one of those nice moments where you see crossword constructors, you know, introducing. Be inclusive. Be inclusive, LGBT inclusive, and also just, like, contemporary, because yeah. obviously there's, you know, Would you even have couples. his and hers or... His and no. his or hers, hers towels. <laughs> no, I would never. I would maybe get my name on a towel. Yeah. Just to be bougie. Yeah. Um, you okay. have another high, right? I do. So Amy Lucido, she did the um, New York Times on Tuesday, and she had a clue that was about balance, uh, and the answer was Libra. Yes. Which is a astrology sign yes an astrology crossword clue which immediately we were very excited about everybody else that we were kind of you know passing the crossword around with was very confused and we're like you obviously don't know your crossword yeah they're like i mean your your astrology trivia that one's hard the the clue was cooperative balance type they say libra because libra is the scales yeah zodiac and anyone who even knows well i only know that because my niece is a libra so i feel like i looked into it when she was born Right. Um, but yeah, they are the scales. Yeah. But usually the only other astrolog- astrological sign we see a lot is Leo. Yeah. And that's because of the letter patterns. Yeah. But it would be interesting to do a little, you know, rundown of astrological signs on this podcast. Well, maybe. I mean, we're not going to get like too into it because no. you know how we can get. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the purpose of people doing crosswords so that they know these right. signs. Yeah. Um, I have two more highs before we hop into it, guys. Um, another favorite clue of mine from this past week was done by Anna Schechtman in The New Yorker, um, also released on Monday, 520. And it was three down. The clue was product often advertised during sporting events, six letters, the answer being Viagra. <laughs> and that was just so humorous to me and just very relevant yeah is it true i don't watch sports i don't either i don't know but it has to be true i trust anna okay i trust her i trust her with my life um and my last little high was the most important thing that's ever happened to me um the onion posted an article like two days ago titled will shorts frustrated that police yet to crack taunting puzzles revealing locations of 40 years of murder victims this was (laughs) hysterical to me and i i think i almost passed out in my office i was so happy that this had come out if you don't know will shorts is the editor of the new york times crossword puzzle and according to the onion also a serial killer that's been putting (laughs) clues in his crossword for years oh grace and i often joke that we hope that there are crossword constructors and solvers who commune via the crossword and yeah, like, like secret messages to each other yeah or just like they fall in love you know yeah but although i don't know what will shorts status is i don't either I think he loves his ping pong he does i think he has like and a, his crosswords yeah and i think he has an apprentice and his mustache yeah his <laughs> mustachio um anyway so that's our crossword check-in aka hits and shits or hits and shits aka crossword check-in whatever <laughs> vote below which one you like better <laughs> Okay, so should we get started? Yes. Hop right into it? Um, should we tell, talk a little bit about what our structure is going to be? We're going to, so we're starting off this whole podcast journey, introducing these topics to you. Why would you ask me a question then not even let me answer? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we should give a little. <laughs> Shut up. 
Ugh. Okay, so the structure. We are not telling each other what topic we're bringing to the table each week, which we're kind of – it's a work in progress. We're going to see how it works. And then – we're going to flip a coin at the beginning of each episode and see who gets to talk first about their topic. But because we're millennials and don't actually carry change, we're going on Google, and you can flip a coin on Google. You can. You? It's called f- coin flip. Just Google it. Google it. Okay. So if you get, if it flips to yours, you get to go first? Yes. Okay. So, so Grace will be tails and I'll be heads, and I think we should just keep that as it is for the rest of the time. Fine. Tails, tails rule. <laughs> Boys draw. Okay. We're flipping and now. Oh, it's going, it's going. Heads. Heads. All right, you're oh, first. looks like I'm first, everyone. <laughs> and I just want to say, it's time to buckle in. I am so excited about this topic. Chelsea has like 20 pages. <laughs> Printed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, my topic today is Queen Victoria's issues. <laughs> By issues, I don't mean... Like, her problems. I mean, like, her children. And then also their issues and their children and so on and so forth. Issues? Issues. That's what they're called. You know, how many issues does he have? Oh, really? Is that a? Is that only for... Yes, for, like, royalty. royalty? Yeah. So well, there's when, something it, when I have a kid, if I have a kid... If It'll be your issue? My, yeah. It will be an issue for me, but it's <laughs> the issue of the royal family. So what prompted me to want to look into Queen Victoria's, like lineage and her legacy throughout Europe. There was a New York Times crossword on um, last Friday, the 24th. Um, The clue was so-called, quote-unquote, grandmother of Europe, born 524-1819. And this is relevant because that clue was shared in the New York Times crossword 100 years after Victoria's, or 200 years after Victoria's birth. So I thought... Fuck it. Also, as I was doing this crossword, um, we have like a lot of British people that work at our company. Mm-hmm. Um, someone saw that I had written that in and kind of questioned me on it, and he was British, and I was like, "I know what I'm talking. I know about. what I'm talking about." Also, so should you. But so I just wanted to talk about this. Why is Queen Elizabeth called the grandmother of Europe? Do you have any idea? Because she had a bunch of kids. She did, and they had a bunch of kids, and so on and so forth. Sorry, issues. Issues. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so Queen Victoria was born May 24th, 1819, uh, and she died in 1901. She was 81 years old, wow. and she w- was crowned the Queen of England when she was 18 years old. So, like, what were you doing when you were 18? Nothing. I, I was, was a like, freshman in college. <laughs> I was a freshman in college, too. And so, like, could you imagine being no. that and then also becoming the Queen of England? No, but she probably was in college. No, she wasn't. There's a lot... That was going on in her life. This was also, like, a long time ago. This was a very long time ago, yeah. (laughs) And I do want to, like, preface here that there's so much that I can jump into about Queen Victoria in general. Like, her life before she was the monarch, her life during the monarchy, her relationship with her husband, so on and so forth. Her legacy in politics and around the world and philanthropy. Or not philanthropy. Um, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about (laughs) her kids. I'm talking about their kids. And I'm talking about why she's considered the grandmother of Europe. Um... So if you have any questions about Queen Victoria, feel free to come find us, and I will answer them for you. Come find us. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> um, okay. So I just wanted to preface that because, you know, some people are going to have questions like, why aren't you talking about Albert? Or why okay. aren't you talking So you're just covering your bases. She's not talking about everything, so that's I'm impossible. Not. Yeah, because that's fair. no one's expecting you to do that, Chelsea. Okay, okay. I'm okay. just saying. Okay. So um, it's important to mention her mother and her father. Her mother is Princess Victoria of saxe coburg Saffeld which is, like, a German royal line. Mm-hmm. And her father is Prince Edward, Duke of Kent and Strathern, who is the fourth son of 
a king, King George. So Victoria was like the daughter of a fourth son, which would usually mean that they are not in line for the throne. They would just be like a duchess or something. Exactly. They would just kind of like live their life, whatever. But being rich and being rich and, and bougie. Yeah. That's and, what I would want to be. Yeah. Married off to someone probably sent to like some foreign land, but she was not because all of her uncles, like her father and his brothers, they like none of them had kids that survived or whatever. And so basically she was <laughs> Man, tough times back then. <laughs> right. So basically through four kids gets to her father her father has her, and she's a woman, which is another contention mm-hmm. in, like, lineage or, like, who's going to take the throne. Um, she was the only one left. And so when uh, her uncle, King George, died, she became the queen. Um, so she married Prince Albert of saxe coburg and Gotha. Prince Albert was her first cousin. Ew. Okay. Wait, why wasn't he just the king then? Because she... Or is it from her mom's side? From her mother's side. Oh, okay. Yes. So... Her Victoria's mom. Victoria. Also also named Victoria. Okay. I don't know really a lot about the royal family, but I feel like all these names are people who are in the royal family today. Like, they just recycle through the same names. They do. So usually, like, someone when they're born into, like, the royal family, they're given a name. And when they ascend the throne, they 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 take a new name. Yeah. So when Victoria ascended the throne, she took the name Victoria Regina. (laughs) <laughs> I know. What would your name be? Chelsea Regina. No. <laughs> you have to change your first name. I refuse. Regina. This is Regina. why I could never be <laughs> Regina Regina. This is why I could never be a monarch, for instance. Um, anyway, so yeah, so they were first cousins, and Prince Albert was the son of Victoria's uncle. Ooh, I know. And they had a bunch of ki- okay. Just keep going. Yeah, um, and so Victoria's mom and Albert's father shared a brother who was Leopold II of Belgium, so the king of Belgium. Mm-hmm. So, you know, lots of intermarrying and blah, blah, blah. The marriage between Victoria and Albert is called a coupled union, so it's like when first cousins marry each other. Oh, does that happen a lot? Do you- oh, <laughs> does that happen a lot? We're about to find out. Um, okay, oh, so Queen Victoria and Albert, Prince Albert, he was never given the title king, um, had <laughs> nine children in total. So that's bananas. They had Victoria, the royal princess, Edward the fourth, no, Edward the seventh of England, Princess Alice, Alfred, Duke of Saxe, Coburg, and Gotha, Princess Helena, Princess Louise, Prince Arthur, Duke of Connaught and Strathern, Prince Leopold, Duke of Albany, and Prince Beatrice. Well, so you can only imagine how many kids that those kids had. Were the kids, like, healthy? No. So this is something I was going to talk about at the end, but I don't well, know how many of you are like. I didn't mean to throw you off. No, no, no. Okay, it's fine. I don't know how many of you have like taken like different strands of biology, but when I was in high school, we took. I had a forensic science biology class, which is really interesting, mm-hmm. and we learned a lot about like hemophilia in the royal family, and hemophilia specifically was like a major issue in like royal families in the 19th and 20th century across Europe. Um, through two of Victoria's daughters. Wait, what's hemophilia? Is that like a blood? It's a blood disease. disease. Okay. Yeah, and it makes them like very, very weak and like, whatever. They most most of these people like end up dying or like Glass not being bones and paper skin. Exactly, um, and so that's a SpongeBob reference. <laughs> if you missed it. <laughs> um, so, 
through Victoria's daughters, Princess Alice and Princess Beatrice. Victoria became famous um, for becoming a first-time carrier hemophilia in her family. So basically, it was Man. it was considered she was the one who like gave this to her kids, and then um, they gave it to their kids, and so on, and had infected infected basically everybody in Europe. And that's what she's famous for. That sucks. Um, but for, I mean, I guess it sucks for everyone who has it. But this is important. New evidence in 2018 has debunked the claim, and it is <gasps> unlikely that she would have ever been the first in her family to carry the gene. It is more likely that Victoria's father or one of her uncles somehow passed her the gene. Okay. So this is interesting. Are we surprised that they blamed it? That on one of the most woman? famous monarchs in history, in the history of the world. Basically, she was the ruler of. Most of the world for her reign. Mm-hmm. I'm not condoning this. I'm just stating facts. She was blamed for giving hemophilia to the royal families of the 19th and 20th centuries. And it wasn't her. And it wasn't her. But probably it's easy. Probably some dude. Probably some dude. Anyway, so a, a famous um, relative of Victoria's born with the disease is Alexei Nikolovich Zarevich of Russia, who was the only son of Tsar Nicholas II which I'll talk about a little bit if you're all not familiar with Tsar Nicholas II. <laughs> I'm not. Ah! I love this. This is so much fun. Grace is so unhappy. <laughs> I'm not and unhappy. Was... I'm just trying to follow along, okay? What? Are, so are you confused? No, I'm not. Okay, cool. So I'm just going to kind of go through some of the famous grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, great-great-great-grandchildren of Victoria's that eventually sat on the thrones of Europe. So Victoria and Albert had like hundreds of grandchildren, great-grandchildren, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Not all of them sat on thrones. A lot of them were just princes, princesses, duchesses, whatever. Not everyone can handle that. Exactly. But the reason Queen Victoria is called the grandmother of Europe is because she had all of these family members, they had kids, and then these people sat on thrones in Europe. And so, like, the English line is kind of, like, all over what is now known as contemporary Europe. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go through some of, like, the most famous folk um, and also, like, give you the numbers, but also tell you a little bit about the most famous of these relatives. Okay. So Princess Victor- uh, Queen Victoria's first daughter, Victoria. Also Victoria, come on. Yeah. This <laughs> through, through this line, I'm going to tell you that there was Wilhelm II. The, em- the German emperor and king of Prussia, he's famous for being, like, the useless head of state during World War II and the oh, reason why Germany... I feel Germany... like I do recognize <clears throat> his name from yeah. history class. Um, and he was, like, the reason why Germany basically lost the war without getting <laughs> into it. Why saying it like that's a bad... <laughs> it, well, it's interesting because, the re- like, because of this war and because of the loss of the war gave rise to the, the National Socialist Party, so the Nazis. So, like... It's all connected. Oh, World War One. World War One. Okay, I thought it was World War II. Um, through this line, there was also Sophia of Prussia. She was a queen. Then there was Princess Margaret of Prussia, who married the elected king of Finland. Um, then, Wow, Finland. Yeah. Good job. Great-grandchildren through this line. King George II of England, King Alexander I, King Paul of Greece, Queen Helena of Romania. Great-great-grandchildren of Victoria's would be Queen Alexandria of Yugoslavia, King Michael I of Romania, King Constantine II of Greece, Queen Sophia of Spain. Oh, I think <clears> I know <throat> Queen Sophia of Spain. She's alive still. Okay, y'all. that's why I know her. Um, queen, uh, so then Queen Victoria's second 
child, Edward II of England, was he himself a king and Victoria's successor. He had a bunch of children, and those children became, you know, monarchs, whatever. So grandchildren of Victoria would be George V of England, Queen Maud of Norway. Maud. Um, I like Maud. <clears throat> it's a good name. Great grandchildren, Edward VII of England, George the sixth of England, King Olav, the fifth of Norway, great great grandchildren would be Queen Elizabeth the second of England. So I know her. <laughs> we all know her. It's interesting to think that like it was Queen Elizabeth's great great grandmother mm-hmm. was Queen Victoria, which is interesting because Queen Vic- Queen Elizabeth only recently surpassed Queen Victoria as longest reigning monarch. Yeah. So the ladies got it, folks. Um, okay, and then King Harold V of Norway is another great-great-grandchild of Victoria, and he is the current king of Norway. And he's cousins with Queen Elizabeth. He is. Like, wow. Wow, they really are all related. That's kind of messed up. It's fucked up, guys. White people. White people. Yeah. And like I said, coupled unions are like these first cousin Incestuous. marriages. Incestuous? Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so through Queen Victoria's daughter, Princess Alice, there was Alex, the Empress of Russia, who, this is like the, my favorite one, was the wife of Tsar Nicholas II, um, who was the last Tsar of Russia before the Russian Revolution. So um, Alexandria and Nicholas and all of their children were executed by the Bolsh- Bolsheviks in 1918. Mm-hmm. And that's where the uh, famous like Anastasia story comes <gasps> from. Okay. okay so yeah. Cool. So Tsar Nicholas's only son, Alexei, is the one who had hemophilia, famously, that Rasputin was like said to have like cured on many, many occasions. And like modern scientists think that he didn't actually use magic. He probably had some form of <laughs> Advil or ibuprofen that he was giving Alexei to kind of yeah. like stop these fits that he was having. Anyway, so they're all related to Queen Victoria, which I think is fun. Um then through Princess Alice, there is also Louis Mountbatten, Queen of Sweden. And the Mountbatten line is actually related to the current Prince Philip, Queen Elizabeth's husband. Oh. Oh. I know. I know. Okay. This is weird. Through Victoria's fourth child, Alfred, Duke of Saxe-Coburg and Gotha, she had a grandchild, um, Queen Maria of Romania, who was the last queen of Romania. Um, great-grandchildren, King Carol II of Romania. Great-great-grandchildren, King Michael of Romania, Queen Elisabetta of Greece, Queen Maria Yugoslavia. Great-great-great-great-grandchildren is King Peter II of Yugoslavia. So, through her fifth child, Princess Helena, there was no children. Nice. So, cool. Through Princess um, Louisa, there was no children. Cool. Through her seventh child and son, Prince Arthur, Duke of Connaught and Strathern, there was... Crown Princess Margaret of Sweden, who was the first wife of King Gustav the Sixth Adolf of Sweden. Um, there's King Carl the Sixteenth Gustav of Sweden, who is the current King of Sweden. Queen Ingrid of Denmark, Queen Margaret of Denmark, Queen Margeth the Second of Denmark, the current Queen of Denmark, Queen Anne Marie of Greece. Through her ninth child, Princess Beatrice, the is last the last is Queen Victoria Eugenia of Spain, King Juan Carlos of Spain. Um, who abdicated his throne in 2014 because he was caught up in, like, this huge money scandal. And then that was, like, wow, during... 2014, that's recent. Yeah, so that was, like, during the time... I don't know if you guys followed it in the news, but when, like, the monarchy in Spain was really, like, yeah. shaky and people thought it was going to, like, dissolve. But Philip Philippe VI, 
uh, Juan Carlos's son, Felipe, took the I'm guessing took the throne, and he is the current king of Spain. Well, thank God. Yes, and just to kind of give you some numbers, because that's like a lot of names. Whatever, um, the number of Victoria's quote unquote children on European thrones, the number of her children is was two, today? in general. Okay. So the number of Victoria's children that sat on European thrones was two. The number of her grandchildren was nine. The number of her great-grandchildren was eight. The number of her great-great-grandchildren was 11. Um, the number of her great-great-great-grandchildren was three. And the number of her great-great-great-great-grandchildren is two. Wow. So. That's a lot of kids. a lot. A lot of incestuous, of inbred kids. Um, yeah, so, and like I said, she was the longest reigning monarch um, at 63 years before her great-great-great-granddaughter, or grandchild, Queen Elizabeth, mm-hmm. um, and surpassed her in 2015. Can I share a funny story about Queen Elizabeth? Yes. Are you shocked that I even have one? I kind of am. Well, I did go to London, and I went on a tour, and they told us this story. But, so, Queen Elizabeth, her dad died of lung cancer. Yes. And he smoked a bunch. Mm-hmm. You may know the story. I did. Well, I know he's died, yeah. But... Um, so she always hated cigarettes and one day this guy had like gotten into the castle somehow, this like crazy dude and broke into her bed, like climbed in through her window and like broke into her bedroom. He was sitting on the edge of her bed and she woke up and she saw him there. Are you kidding? And this was like, I feel like it wasn't too, it's not like when she was younger, she was like definitely, you know, a grown woman and, um, she didn't want to, like, freak him out because he wasn't necessarily being violent. He was just, like, sitting there. Mm-hmm. So she didn't want to, like, you know, be like, guards, whatever. So instead she called. She was like, oh, okay. She woke up. She talked to him. And then she's like, let me call my guards because I want them to, like, light my cigarettes. So she called the guards and was like, can you bring a lighter up for my cigarette? And then they knew that something was wrong because they knew that she hated smoking. And Wow. Went, yeah, so then they came in. And there's been, like, two times that someone has gotten into the royal castle, and that was one Could of them. Could you imagine being, like, no. How scary that must have yeah. been. Yeah. So she's kind of a badass. She is. And like thought on her feet to to think that. I'm stressed out. That yeah. stresses me out. Could you? Oh, no. What would your thing be that people know you wouldn't ask for? I'd be like, can you bring me up a glass of orange juice? Super pulpy. <laughs> I'd say, can you bring me like a handful of black licorice, please? <laughs> They'd be like, something's wrong. I'd be like, something's wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that. I did want to mention like one last thing before I like pass the torch off to Grace is mm-hmm. that. Doing this research, it's, like, really interesting to think, like, monarchies still exist, right? Yeah. And, like, without getting into, like, all the monarchies of the entire world and, like, whatever, I kind of focused only on Europe. But as of 2016, there, I think, is, like, 12 monarchies that still exist in Europe. And I kind of wanted to run through the list just so you knew in case it ever came up in your day-to-day life. Okay. There are monarchs that sit on these thrones. Um, So there's the Principality of Andorra, which is, like, a small country, like, is it between France? Spain and France? Yes, yeah. which I didn't, wasn't familiar with. There's the Kingdom of Belgium, Denmark, the Principality of Liechtenstein, the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg, Principality of Monaco, Kingdom of the Netherlands, Kingdom of Sp- Norway, Kingdom of Spain, Kingdom of Sweden, United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, and Vatican City State. There are monarchs there? Aren't yes. they popes? I think. Monarchs and popes. I think. I don't know. Maybe that's... <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> um... Um, so yeah, that is that's that, folks. That's Queen Victoria. So if that's, you get that question, now you know. Now you know. Well, also if you get a question about hemophilia. Hemophilia, yeah. Um, okay, so my topic is garbage time. Garbage time. <laughs> I thought you would know because I kept singing closing time all week. No. Garbage time. You don't have 
to go. Do you want to tell them what garbage time is? <laughs> well, I'm going to. Cool. So this has come up. The reason I picked this is this has come up multiple times on the crossword, and every time we forget what it is, it's some sports-related clue, which neither of us are huge sports people at all. Yeah. So we never get it, but, like, someone else at work told us, and then we kind of remember. We were like, oh, didn't he say there's something called garbage time? The clue was, like, a bench-clearing event at a game. Right. Um, so I wanted to look more, like, deeper into it to see what yes. it was. Okay. So garbage time is refers to the period toward the end of a timed sports competition <laughs> that has become a blowout when the outcome of the game has already been decided. So it's basically when, like, the score is just so different. Like, like it's obvious that one team is going to win. There's no way the other team sure. can come up. Um, so Is it's, that similarly when, like, I'm thinking about baseball, for instance. If you bat first and, like you're losing Mm -hmm. in the ninth like at the top of the ninth if you're batting and you don't make up the runs they never play the bottom of the ninth because the team has already won is that similar um similar ish but okay a little different so um it's when the coaches of one or both of the teams put like replace all their best players bring their best players onto the bench and put in substitutes so like third fourth strike oh shit um, and it's called garbage time because usually the game uh, is marked by a drop in the quality of gameplay. So the game is garbage. <laughs> and I think a lot of times, like, it, it started with basketball, but this is, like, the time when people will just leave and start wow. going home, which is kind of sad. Yeah. Um, so the reason why it's not as good is because, one, the players just, they're not, uh, they're less experienced. They haven't played as often as the starting players that you normally see. Um, and also they they're more concerned with like doing cool plays and like making an impression versus just like scoring a bunch of I see. points. Um, so that's why garbage time can be kind of like fun to watch because right. there's not really anything at stake, but these people are trying to show off. Right. And these are probably people that don't get to play often. Yeah. Right. Yes. Correct. And um, garbage, it's not an official, it's not like they're like, okay, now it's time, like garbage time, but there's unwritten rules about it. Um, so the leading team should take should not ha- keep their starting players in the game. That's seen as unsportsman like. Oh. Sh- so they should take out their starting players, and they don't need to devote unnecessary effort towards increasing their lead. Um, and they shouldn't attempt to do any like difficult and spectacular plays. And that is called running up the score, which is when you're already winning and then you're trying to show off. Um, that's like looked down upon. Interesting. I think that's funny. Like, do you think that that's normal? Like, people actually follow those rules? Yeah, hmm. I think I think I do. I would be a horrible sports player because I would, I would just if I was winning, I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, yeah. let's just keep scoring, let's keep doing." It. Well, um, it can actually so in football when this happens, it can make the statistics kind of off because the team that's winning will like not try. Okay, again, this is coming from people who don't know anything about sports. So if you were like a big football (laughs) fan, you're probably cringing right now, me trying to explain this. But I got the impression that, um, like, since the leading team will kind of, like, take a step back, and in football, they'll just let the other team, like, run out their play and, like, gain a lot of yards. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just laughing myself trying to talk about sports. (laughs) But it, it, like, messes up the statistics, because then at the end of the game, it looks like the team that actually, like, got their ass beaten, like, got more yards than than the winning team. Right, which is apparently important yeah i mean some people care about that i I don't understand like why like yeah like yards like why are yards important like if you just need to win the game this is something similar i mean this is not related to garbage time but it sort of is because some again i don't know anything about sports and i'm not trying to put sports down i just don't 
I cannot wrap my head around it, like the logic behind for basketball, for instance, where you score hundreds and hundreds, like you, not hundreds and hundreds, like hundreds of points, both teams, and then it's like only at the end of the game that it really matters because you're like 99 to 86 or something and like you have like five minutes left and it's like, well, why don't we just play five minutes then? Yeah. You know, versus something like soccer where you have, I don't know, a ton of time and you can maybe only score one goal and like one goal can make or break you. Yeah. Similarly, why do yards matter in football when it, you just you score your points? I think it just has to do with the team's rank. Like, it's all calculated into the team's, like, overall performance and, like, and ranking. Who, like, what, what players that are means, good. I don't know. Probably. Okay. <laughs> Fine. I, I believe you. <laughs> um, okay. And then in college, this is important because a lot of times, like, juniors and seniors who are, like, draft eligible, they'll, they'll take them out of the game because they're already, like, you know, set to go to the – NBA. So then, then they have the second and third string players um, who are then trying to like perform to be like, okay, next year I should be like first or second string. I see. So it's an important time for like the you know freshmen and sophomore people, um, but it's crucial to their development because otherwise they really don't get playing time. Like if you're not one of the main, if you're third or fourth string, it's like, you're not gonna get to play. Yeah, um, and this is especially true for certain positions like backup quarterback. In college, right. like you would never see them other than these times. Sure. So I feel like they're almost waiting for garbage time to happen yeah. so that they can go out and show off. Yeah. But again, people say it's like it's not that good of a representation of their skill because it's an extremely low pressure situation. Yeah. Um, and again, they do like weird stuff. Um, okay. So also, this is a good strategy because they take like their starting players and first string players, taking them out of the game is good because then it lowers their risk of getting injured and this is especially true in baseball um so i don't know about what, what you were talking about earlier but if there's like if it's garbage time they will oftentimes like take the pitcher out and put in a relief pitcher mm-hmm. but lately they haven't been having relief pitchers and instead they just put it's called the position pitcher and they'll put like the first baseman on the mound and like the yeah, and usually they're really really bad. Obviously, Obviously. you can see my face. I'm just like, huh? <laughs> Baseball is so strange. To Baseball me. is so random. It's so random because the fields aren't all the same. Like every field you play at is different, and then you just have players playing different. That's like in hockey. If they're like, all right, just put like this forward in the goal. Like, I just don't. Of course, they're gonna be bad. They're not a pitcher. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, they can throw a baseball, but um, and there have been times when they put in a position player and they they have like a huge lead. So like whatever, we'll just put in this guy, and then they give up so many runs that they have to bring in the pitcher again. <laughs> <laughs> but I would hate like in Major League Baseball. Yes. God, I would hate to do. I'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. No, like, for sure. I feel like I've seen a game where this has happened before. Yeah, it, it's happened, and people don't like. People are upset now that they don't use. Well, from what I can gather, the baseball community online is upset that <laughs> they stopped using relief pitchers, and now they why, use. Like, do they say why they? Do I that? think because it just like takes up room on their roster, and they want to have other players that can do other things. It, I it's see. I don't know something like that. Something with the bullpen. Oh, the bullpen is like where the pitchers are. That's like yeah. what they call it. Well, maybe they wanted, or they they can only have like a certain number of people. Well, they have to pay people too, so maybe they yeah. want to put that money towards other. Position I players. Um, I wonder how baseball's doing. Do you think they're making money? Yes. Also, I just love how pitchers are like overweight men. Like <laughs> a lot of them it's are. It's like you're a professional athlete, but well, you I mean, look baseball, like a dad. Baseball in general, like I think is I look at like, you know, the athleticism of all these different sports, right? And yeah. I mean 
football and baseball specifically, like sometimes it's just like a lot of body mass. Yeah. You know, not to say like overweight necessarily, but like thick. They have just more body mass and it's like you just look like a dad out there on the field. Also in baseball they wear belts. And in baseball <laughs> they do wear baseball belts. is so weird. And then, then the coaches wear the uniforms. Like could you imagine if basketball coaches were wearing basketball uniforms? Like they wear suits for a reason because it looks weird to have these like old out of shape men dressed up the same as the players with the socks and everything. Like I just don't I don't get it. It's very strange. Uh, can you tell we're not baseball fans? Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing against baseball. I just don't understand just it. Just so random. Um, so in youth games, they don't do garbage time. They just have the mercy rule, which if you're oh. winning by like 10 points, then they just end the game, which is what we had to do for my uh, kickball league that I was in, <laughs> which is understandable. Cause sure. It's just embarrassing. Can you imagine if you like showed up to like wreck kickball and you're like, well, we're going to implement garbage time, folks. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we have third and fourth string players. Yeah. We barely had enough players every time we played. Yeah. Um, okay, so examples of people who were – I was like, are there any people who were garbage time players who eventually made it big? And I found one, but I also want to mention that Rudy from the movie Rudy, the Notre Dame football player, he played during garbage time. Okay. So he's most notable no. garbage time player, yeah. to me at least. Um, okay, but there was this one NBA player, Gilbert Arenas, and he played on the Wizards, but he he was like an all-star player. He um, – they call him a franchise player. His nickname was Agent Zero. He was, like, really good. But before he got to that point, he was a garbage time player. And he did an interview about it, and um, they were asking him, like, you know, what it was like to be to have to have to play, like, during this time. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of sucks. People are, like, leaving. Sure. No one's paying attention. And he said that he um, – he's like, everyone comes to see the starters, of course. But the 13th, 14th guy on the roster, he's going to get get in once every 10 games. So that's basically his playoff moment. I hated when someone said, run the clock out, or don't shoot this. But wait a minute, you guys played your game. This is my game now. When I get in, it's not minus 30. It's O and O. And I'm trying to show my coach and my teammates that, hey, I can do the job too. Good for him. And he eventually did do the job and became like a super yeah. successful. But, <laughs> okay, but then I also found some like weird things about him. Oh, no. So I was really excited yeah. for him, and now I'm like, oh, no. So he's kind of infamous because he – they found his, he had guns in the Wizards' locker room. What? So he got suspended from the NBA. And then he also hosted a $1 million birthday party for himself. Oh, well, mood. I, I would do that. Hashtag mood. <laughs> and then there was a time he was served child support papers during halftime of a game. <laughs> oh, fuck. Dude. Pull it together, man. Um, and he also did another interview where he said that he... Um, he was like, yeah, I don't cheer for my teammates who are doing really well because I want their job. Like, he was kind of hoping for him to fail. So he's not a very uh, good team player. I see. But he made it to the top. So he had agent zero, yeah. folks. If that's, <laughs> if that's what you got to do. So I was looking at, like, where did garbage time come from? And it's a saying from Chick Hearn, this guy. He was a broadcaster, um, uh Mostly for the LA this guy. Lakers. I wonder if there's yeah. No, are... I'm sorry. He's like legendary. So <laughs> this guy. Yeah, he, he, okay. Sorry. <laughs> this this wonderful man named Chick Hearn, and he was a sports <laughs> broadcaster from 1965 till the early 2000s. He was a play-by-play announcer for the Lakers, and he came up with the term "slam dunk air ball" and "no harm, no foul." Yo. Which are terms Chick. that we actually know. Yeah. Yeah. Rock um, on, Chick. Those could actually be crossword clues, like who coined these terms? Yeah, Chick. Hearn. Chick Hearn. And they, he was known for his, like, colorful vernacular and phrases, which I think you will like because I'm going to read some of them. Give them to me. And uh, they <laughs> called them Chick-isms. Do you think people are going to start saying Chelsea-isms? No. 
Um, so <laughs> he, well, I, I do want to say that he, he was an announcer from like 1965 to 2002, I think. And then he like died suddenly in 2002, oh, no. like a couple days before his, his, him and his wife's 65 year anniversary. And he oh. was very like beloved. Um, cause he, he like got sick. He had, he had heart surgery, but then he came back to yeah. announce and he had, got like a standing ovation. Yeah. So, um, sports My fans, heart. especially basketball fans really love him. So I have some – he has a lot of chickisms. Hit me with the chickisms. Um, so these are things that he would say during basketball games, and I'm going to say some of my favorites. So boo-birds, that's what he called fans who boo their own team when they play badly. <laughs> um, you could call it with Braille, which is when there's an easy call for an official. <laughs> um, that is a great, yeah. like, roast. I love it. Um, a 10 to 5 score, he called it a dime store score. Nice. Uh, when the player has no chance of success with this play, he said he has said he has two chances, slim to none, and slim just left the building. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Can we use that in everyday conversation? Yes. Um, okay. Thank you, Chick. So this is um, uh, when the opponent shoots a shot that is a prayer, a streak, or some amazing shot, which means like it's unlikely to get in. And he usually would say this when they were on the road. He said, "If that goes in, I'm walking home." <laughs> Um, and so his wife's name was Marge, and yeah. um, if a shot that was missed that was really easy, uh, he would say Marge could have made that shot. <laughs> and she was often referred to when a player messed up something that was easy. Oh, um, Marge. This is describing a player attempting an unnecessarily showy, flashy play. Too much mustard on the hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you can't have too much mustard on a hot dog, but um, that's just me. When a player uninvolved with the action comes up with the ball and gets an easy shot, he said, he was standing there combing his hair. <laughs> and then when a player fell on his butt, he said he fell on his wallet. <laughs> um, when a player was chewing gum, he said, he's working on his Wrigley's. <laughs> and then he said this when, or he has said this when the game's outcome is set only the final scores in question, so garbage time. Mm -hmm. And um, it's also commonly referred to as the game is on ice. He said, this game's in the refrigerator. The door's closed, the lights are out, the butter's getting hard, the eggs are cooling, and the jello's jiggling. Wow. This is, like, exactly the kind of guy I want to hang out with. I know. He seems really cute. I wasn't – I was kind of interested in Agent Zero for, like, half a second, but then – No, no Chick, I want to be with yeah. – I want to hang out with Chick. So he also had some uh, – he, he came up with a lot of nicknames mm -hmm. for um, – players like the kid for Kobe Bryant oh cool um but there's a bunch of players I didn't know I'm sure if you knew these players these would be funnier but there were there were a couple that um I thought were funny so um this one guy named Michael Cooper he called him Koopa Loop or Secretary <laughs> of Defense nice I feel like I know Koopa Loop as a name yeah um Nick Van Exel he called him Nick Van Excellent that's really kind <laughs> Nick the Quick and Nick at night. <laughs> Yo. And then a guy named Kurt Rambis who wears safety glasses. He called him Clark Kent or Superman. <laughs> <laughs> who is this guy and can I hang out with him? I mean, I know I can't, no. but like I would love He's to. Unfortunately, passed away. So yeah, so that's that's garbage time and other sports is That's garbage time, baby. I feel like sports are one of our weakest topics because it is, yeah. we don't know that much about sports. So yeah. Now we will remember what garbage time we is. We will. And it's been used at least twice that I can remember. So it yeah. did come up and, again. and recently. There was one recently. And I feel like yeah. we said it out loud and someone was like, that's not it. And we we're like, we're like looking I at each like other. It like, and then they looked it up and they were like, oh, yeah, actually, that is a thing. We're like, we know. Yeah. So. So. That's my garbage time. I liked it. You did a good job. Thanks. Cool. All right. Well, well that's, that's that. <laughs>
<laughs> we need a good sign off. We do. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back next week for you with yeah. some new shit. Who knows? Some new trivia. All right. That's it and that's all. That's it. I'm Chelsea. I'm Grace. And we're the Good Evening Girls. See you later. Bye.